Welcome to Spiraling. Welcome. I feel like I just <laughs> screamed hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to other people. Um, even, even Human interaction. In, yes, even invisible people out in the world. This episode was not recorded recently. We recorded it in, was it November? I think December. December. But definitely last year. Definitely last year. And so... This was supposed to be the season two premiere episode. It is just a straight up Q&A episode with Katie and I, where we ask each other ridiculous things as a nod to the spiraling debut episode from season one, in which we do a very similar thing and people seem to enjoy. So we recorded that. And then when we realized that we wanted to launch um, spiraling in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to come back early. We felt needed. We felt like yes. we could maybe be useful. Yes. And, and it did not feel appropriate to thrust a random Q&A <laughs> episode into, you know, Corona crisis. So we held off on it. But now that we are fully ensconced in the new normal that is self-isolation, we thought it might be fun to just provide some straight-up, feel-good, escapist entertainment. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to hear about things outside of coronavirus. And Fact. Here are some of the... I'm one of them, and I don't remember what we talked about. Neither of us have listened to the episode recently. We haven't. So we will listen with you. We hope that we were... We were, I don't even remember what I was like back then, but I can't wait to hear. <laughs> Me too. I'm super excited. And before we started recording this, we were talking about how like it feels exciting to just release something fun and frivolous and like Katie mimed, like throwing something out and being like, here, Q&A, blessings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which made me laugh really hard. And so we hope that you enjoy, you know, the next 45 minutes or so and laugh a bit and get to know us a little bit better. And we are blessings. sending you... And blessings. <laughs> exactly. We love you. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back. Welcome. It feels crazy. So we are recording this a few days before Christmas mm -hmm. because Katie is going to be hitting the road for many adventures. In the and you of too. And You're going to be on book tour. So still. we wanted to get in what will be the kickoff episode of season two. Which Welcome is to crazy. season two. Welcome to season two. We're having a season uh, two. This is great. <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> Talking to you in the future. Yes. <laughs> so we were worried about our spirals dating this episode, but feel like it doesn't really matter. No. Spiral is a spiral. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to spiral first? Sure. Why not? My spiral now is a mini version of my like main large existential spiral, okay. which is <laughs> I worked on something that I'm sharing today, the day we're recording this. It will be long out by the time that people listen to this. But I was telling Serena before we started recording I put out so much stuff all the time. We all do. And this is something I actually worked really hard on. I actually really love and am proud of. And I'm afraid nobody's going to see it. I'm afraid it's not going to... I'm not even... 
it's not even that I'm afraid no one's going to see it. It's I'm afraid it's going to get lost in the shuffle of all of the things I put out. Yeah. And that I won't be able to articulate it at the level of what it is to me. So then therefore it will just be confusing. You know what I mean? Yes. And we're also, we're both sort of sick right now. So sorry (laughs) for the sniffling, coughing, froggy voices. I totally get that. And I think what's so hard this day and age is we're being essentially bombarded with content all day, every day. And I think what's really interesting and what I encourage you to do, but the scary thing is like, it might not make a difference is like, emphasize to your people how important this is. And I think because both of us aren't, we don't like to ask for things or like ask for support. And that feels really uncomfortable for us. It can be difficult, but I also think people respect the fact that when we do ask for it, they tend to show up for you. So I, I hope that you will like tell your people online and off, like this was a big deal for me. It's something I'm super proud of. Your support would mean a lot. And I I think sometimes just that simple statement mobilizes people in a way that you would probably be surprised by. Yeah. I think when you don't ask for support or help, you don't have to get the rejection of not getting it, (laughs) which is such an anticipatory anxiety of like, if I don't send the text... I don't have to worry about spiraling about not getting a response back. So I just won't send the text or I won't send the follow-up. Yeah. There's something right now too, I guess this is maybe like a tangential spiral about this, where I need to follow up on something and send an email asking about it. And I've needed to do this for weeks. And I really need to do it today because the world like shuts down basically tomorrow for the holidays. Yes. And I don't want to do it because not knowing the answer is better than knowing the answer and it not being what I want. I totally get that. I also think, though, just to, you know, be cliche about it, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So sometimes the ask, even if it's a rejection, I mean, if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. That's just the fact. But I also (laughs) think that the follow-up, that's something I struggle with on a regular basis. Like, I'm like, oh, like, I haven't heard from that person or whatever. And most of the time, it's just the sad fact that everybody is so busy. And a lot of, you know, I have a friend who works in PR and they were like, usually it's the third email that gets the response. Because like yeah. the first one, it's just like lost in the ether. The second one, somebody might be like, oh, I should get back to them and then forgets. So mm-hmm. it's the third follow-up that like seals the deal. So I say send that follow-up. The worst thing is that you get a no or a rejection and that sucks, but it'll be easier and more efficient to just recover from that rejection. Than, yeah, than the not knowing. The not knowing. I hate the not knowing. Yeah. The not knowing there's also anticipation in the good way, you know, like it could be, but also it might not be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So knowing, I guess, is just the most productive adult thing to do. Yes. Okay. What are you spiraling about? (laughs) What are you not spiraling about? What am I not spiraling about right now? Okay. So this is so funny because if anybody listened to the year in review episode... (laughs) I got all up on my high horse and was waxing poetic about how I like can shake off failed events and like nothing bad happens. And I had this big failed event at the Faraday store in New York 
and nobody came and like I was fine with it. Oh, by the way, no one came to my event there either. <laughs> so update, I had one there the week we were recording. We had we had events there matching Sundays, yes, yes. consecutive Sundays. And for both of us, no one came. I think it's the Sunday element. I really do. Um, 10 a.m. also. And 10 a.m., brutal. Because it's before their store opens, which yeah. is why they had us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, so go on. So we recorded, and then that night I had my book tour stop in Philly. Mm-hmm. So very quick backstory. Um, leading up to the New York event, the book tour events had been like so amazing. We've been selling out of books, but like re- like selling out really early and being like, I could have sold double, if not triple, these amount of books. And like disappointing people who would have wanted them. disappointing people who had wanted them. And that made me feel really shitty. Yeah. So for Philly, because I had gotten a lot of messages and stuff from people, and like I do have Instagram analytics and book scan analytics and stuff where books are selling, like Philly is like in the top like six cities oh, wow. for me. So I was like, Philly going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so Patty, my assistant, had like contacted the store and been like, just so you know, we've been selling out. Like, I would encourage you to place a big order, yada, yada. And it was just, it, it was at a bookstore and it was meant to be a just like a signing. That's what we had talked about. No, like, talk or demo. All right. <laughs> so I get there right before the event starting and there are like 10 chairs set up maybe in front of this like table. And I was, I said to the person there, first of all, nobody in the store was friendly. And I was like, hi, like I, you know, I wasn't told there was going to be a talk or something. Um, So I didn't promote it as that. So I'm worried that people are not all going to come at the start time. They're going to just flow in and out. Like an open house. And so this woman was like, oh, no worries. Like, then we'll just remove the chairs so you can just sign books. It took like 90 seconds for us to move the chairs. And uh, I mean, it wasn't like New York. Like I would say like 15 to 20 people came, but it was not a good event. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people brought their own books, which a lot of people do. And that that makes me feel happy because it means they like pre-ordered or they were excited to get it and they're already cooking from it. Like I don't care where people buy the book, but obviously the store does. Right. So like maybe seven people bought books Mm -hmm. at the store and they had ordered gotten like a lot. And so... They can return them. Yeah. Like, and no they, big deal. And but hopefully they don't and they go through So them. I like didn't feel great about it. But like I again, failed event. I've had so many of these in my life. I was just like, eh, whatever. I was really tired. And I was like, I'm excited to go home. And like that was it. And it was my last like official stop on the tour before Christmas. So I was like, whatever, it's done. I'm proud of myself for, you know, we're 13 cities in. Like that was great. And then every after every event, Patty sends a like thank you email to whoever was hosting, mm-hmm. you know, thanking them for helping us put together an event. And this guy at the oh, store no. responded and was like, actually, like she was like, thank you so much. I know it wasn't a great turnout, but like, you know, Serena's really grateful. Like, yada, yada. So nice. And he responded, he goes, to be honest, it was incredibly disappointing. Um, it was a very sad turnout, maybe 15 people max, half of whom brought books that they had purchased elsewhere. Also, Serena was unprepared for any type of format. She thought she'd, quote, just sign books. So we had to remove all of the chairs, which, like I said, there were 10. 90 it took seconds us 90 seconds to remove them. 
um, so that we could facilitate the signing that she wanted that was com- ended up being completely unnecessary. I was like, okay, I get it. And then was like, I truly wish that it had gotten better, <laughs> but oh, well, at least it's over now. <gasps> and like, I almost, I'm not exaggerating. I almost threw up oh, when I got I'm that so email. Sorry. And I was That's like, awful. what the actual fuck? Right. Like who sends an email like that? But so what my spiral was, was like, that threw me off so hard. Like I, the instant like nausea, anxiety, shame, like all of that, that I had not felt after the event. Like it was not a success. And I just like didn't care. The concept of disappointing other people is something that is such an anxiety trigger for me. And it's something that I haven't worked hard on correcting because it happens less frequently than some of the other things that we are always spiraling about, you know? But I realized that that is something that is has a huge impact on my actual life is like I spend a lot of time because I'm a people pleaser worrying about whether or not I've disappointed someone and I think I've gotten so much better we talked about this in the the communication episode and then like about friendships like I think we had a Q&A so whatever we've talked about this with friends before and like worrying that your your friend is mad at you or whatever. I've gotten so good at handling that because in my head, my like go-to is just like, my friends are my family. They love me. If I'm, if I'm being annoying or whatever, or I've disappointed them in some way, they will either tell me or they're going to get over Mm -hmm. it because like they love me with strangers like this bookstore dude, (laughs) which like now Like, the thing is, is, like, if he had phrased that differently and been like, yes, like, unfortunately, the turnout was, like, disappointing, yada, yada, and, like, not been so, like, like, that to me, and this is also because I'm sensitive, was, like, cruel. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, was that necessary just to, like, I felt like I was, like, a dog having my nose rubbed in its own shit. Like, I was like, are you just What is he getting from that? Like, what is he getting from that? You were there. Like, he doesn't, like. And also, I was like, you didn't, like, lose any money on this. But then I And you're not, it's not like you were asking in that email, can I come back tomorrow? Yeah. Like, you weren't even. And then I did something that made me spiral more, which was, like, send him an email being, like, Patty forwarded your email. I'm, like, so sorry that, you know, they're we didn't have the turnout we hoped. I was like, you know, as an author, I'm okay with the personal Mm -hmm. disappointment, but I truly hate to like disappoint hosts. So please let me cover the return shipping costs or any other costs that might've been incurred in like hosting this event, which I assure you there were none because it was just me sitting at a table. But that made me feel better in the moment. And then since I sent that, I've like hated myself more for like, I was like, why are you like, like this guy was an asshole to you and now you are like groveling for some sort of validation that (laughs) you need for whatever reason to like feel less anxious about this scenario. So I have since come out of it. Also, Logan was very funny because he's from Philly and he's like, we're kind of assholes. (laughs) But I think it's something that I'm now going to be more mindful of going forward and I've like already, that was like what I talked about in therapy this week. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to get better at like not you know, if if I am okay with handling personal disappointments, I need to be okay with the fact that sometimes I'm going to like disappoint other people, whether it's warranted or not. And I would like to be able to handle that more efficiently without going into like a K-hole of anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting because I do that a lot where I will, I would definitely have sent that sort of an email. 
And I, I wrote an essay about how often I apologize and really like- I read that. Unpacking- We will link to that. It's a beautifully written essay. Thanks. But it was unpacking like why I felt the need to apologize all the time. And it wasn't really because I was sorry. It was about my need for validation. Yeah. It, it was my need for someone to tell me you're okay yeah. or it's okay. And that's about me and not about them. Yeah. And like that email was- to comfort you. It was also really beautiful and lovely and kind. So I think that's, that's nuance. It's both. Yeah. But there also is, there was probably part of it that like, there's probably a part of your brain that wanted, would get like a, a calm or like a sense of dopamine yeah. of like peace. If he wrote back and was like, no, no, I'm so sorry. That was a terrible yeah. email. Like you're lovely, obviously. Like that's was, on oh, me. Just FYI, everyone, of course he did not respond. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm curious, what did your therapist say when you talked to him about sending the follow-up email? He was like, I, he said what you just said. He was like, I think it's your nature. And he was like, I just think you're a nice person. And he was like, I don't think there's any shame in sending that. He was like, stop beating yourself up about sending that mm -hmm. email because that's just part of who you are. You, yeah. But he was like, you also don't need this random man right. to think that you are successful or a good person or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> to be able to function happily in the world. And he was like, he is just a one example of the many, many, many people in the world who are not going to be quote unquote on board with you throughout your life because right. everybody has that. Like for no matter what, you can be, you know, the sweetest peach in the world. There's always somebody that doesn't like peaches, mm -hmm. insert 8,000 other <laughs> cliches. Mm -hmm. But I think it's practice and I think it's different than getting, you know, DMs from people on Instagram who are like, that's not the best X this is, or like, you should do this. Like, that is easier for me to write off because that doesn't necessarily feel real. Whereas this was like yeah. a very real, quote unquote, professional interaction. And I just felt like dog shit for a couple of days. Oh. And now I'm... I'm out of it, but I also am glad, like we always talk about, to have that memory to call on when this inevitably happens again, because mm -hmm. it will. And I'm hoping to be like, you wasted some time on that spiral. Let's not spiral about this again, because now that I'm a week out from this, I'm like, this has changed nothing in my life that this guy yeah. sent me a mean email. So I just need to get over myself. And yeah. <laughs> keep it's really interesting. I think it's, it's, I like this spiral because I think it's a really, I mean, I'm sorry it happened to you and I no. hate that it happened to you, but I like it as something that maybe that, maybe the good that comes from this is that we can now talk about it in yes. this podcast, but I think it's a really good one to talk about how something small yes. can feel so big, which is like the whole point of spiraling and when we talk about these spirals at least, but also how something like that can take us out so low mm -hmm. and hit us so hard that it affects the rest of our day for sure. Maybe the week, maybe, you know, and how to pivot out of that. And like you were trying to soothe yourself in a way and help the situation. And, you know, it was really lovely, but by sending the follow-up email and by talking about it with your therapist, but you had to do all of that work where I feel like, and this is my question for you, I guess, is that like, I don't think that what there are some, maybe, like, do you think Logan would have reacted the same way to that email? Logan would have sent a super bitchy email back, right. <laughs> which like would have made like, that's the difference between us. It's like him being like, oh yeah, I shut that shit down. And then like walk it, you know, like maybe people didn't come, but at least I'm not an asshole. You know, I <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> that, and then he would have been like, boom, roasted, and like let, never thought about that email exchange again, which I'm so jealous of. But and that's because he's the most like, confident ha- human. Yes, and also him just having that perspective, even after this last, I mean, having two failed events in a row, like mm. not great for morale. Also, like ending this stretch of the tour with two not great events, yeah. but like that was that's the thing that it's easy to spiral about and be like, this whole tour has been a failure. And Logan's like, you just had 11 magical, glorious, sold out, ridiculous events. And then you had two bad ones. And he was like, I refuse to let this spiral consume what has been an amazing experience thus far. And so sometimes it really is, that is the benefit. Like I always say, I don't believe in talking about my anxiety all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's beating a dead horse. But occasionally having a friend or a family member or a spouse or whatever help you gain some perspective. And yes, a therapist can do that as well. But Mm -hmm. like sometimes it feels good to have somebody close to you just be like, you're you're not seeing the whole picture here. And that felt nice. Yeah. And I felt like I came around. I think one more thing about this or like adjacent to this that I think is interesting to talk about at my my field of it at the Faraday Story, I interviewed an anxiety expert for my podcast and I was talking about us and spiraling and about how whenever something like this happens for me, whenever I have a weird text interaction or get an email like that or something that's taking me out that I'm spiraling, I instantly want to fix it. Like I want to send an email or like in that case, I would have done the exact same thing and it was perfect. And I think it was warranted and very like kind of you. But in a lot of other instances, there doesn't need to be something sent. You can just Mm -mm. sit with it. You can just be in that. And it's not going to make it go away if I do send a text or it's like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Or like, I'm feeling weird about this. Like it, I'm not usually going to get what I'm seeking by doing that. Mm-mm. So, but sitting in it feels uncomfortable too, but that's a muscle to flex, to learn, to develop as well. You know, yeah. it's a journey people. Yeah. It's a journey. Yes. <laughs> well, we were going to keep those tight, but I'm glad that we hashed that out because I feel like that's one probably a very common spiral one that yeah. most people can relate to in some way shape or form i liked I it as a spiral most anxious people tend to be people pleasers mm-hmm. anywho we are super excited because we are doing this in the same way that we did the first episode of spiraling ever which is to do a rapid fire q a so that hopefully you can get to know a little bit more about Katie and I, which I know you've been dying to get to know us <laughs> I feel more. like they already know. At this season two, they season know us a lot two. better than season one. This is true. So we tried to think of some more obscure questions just for fun. Some are anxiety related. Some are not. Most are not. Most are not. <laughs> but let's do this. I'm okay. Pumped. Favorite thing about yourself? It's a good confidence I question. I know. Like, what? I think we actually did this. Do you think we did? I think, I think we, we might did too. But... I think my sense of humor. Yeah. I think I laugh sure. a lot. I have an easy laugh, which makes people feel good. Because I just laugh at pretty yes. much everything. Yeah. Oh, those are so true. I love both of those things about you. Yeah, it's a very uh, this is a very uncomfortable question. I think I'm I'm good at making people feel comfortable. I think I can to my own expense, pick up on people's energy and how they're feeling. And so then I take it upon myself to make everyone <laughs> feel comfortable, even if it's at my own expense by over-talking or like... I think that's definitely true. Yeah. That's an excellent quality. Yeah. Favorite celebrity sighting? 
I've had several. <laughs> um, I saw Elizabeth Gilbert yesterday walking oh, down the shit. street, and I love her. Did you, you didn't say anything? I didn't say anything, of course. When I first moved to New York, I saw Tavi Gevinson right away, like the day I moved here, and I loved that. And then, you know how I love that show, Sweet Bitter? Uh-huh. I was at Soho House this week working on my computer, and at the, like, shared table— the two main characters from Sweet Bitter sat down next to me and like we're having a beer and catching up. And Serena and everyone listening, I'm gonna just let you know, I know everything about that <laughs> show, what it was like to work on it, their dynamic together, their partners. Like I had headphones in, or maybe I didn't have headphones in, but I was fully like I was doing a like a mindless task and I just ease dropped all of it. <laughs> Oh my god! Which was so I love that, yeah. Though. So that like kind of scratched an edge. <sighs> I mean, I feel like growing up in LA and then living in New York, like I just feel like we see celebrities yeah. all the time. I stand by my Joshua Joshua Jackson, Jackson <laughs> in yoga class. I think I honestly, I think the only celebrity that I would be like really like, oh my god, would be Taylor Kitsch. Tim I Riggins. don't even know who that is. Did you not watch Friday Night Lights? No. Fuck. <laughs> There's been like eight pieces of content today. Oh, my that, God. Yeah, oh, this. like just carve out. You're doing a lot of traveling. You can watch Friday Night Lights. But like Taylor Kitsch was my fantasy yeah. man as Tim okay. Evans. So I'm going to have to look him up immediately following this <laughs> recording. <laughs> Bath tips. Yeah, I put that on there. I don't even think I told you. <laughs> you I really not. want, selfishly, I just want your bath tips because I think it is a, like, it's a art, not a science, you know? Yes, this is very true. I think the temperature of the water is very important and that is very different by person. Like, I like to give myself goosebumps when I step into the water but not scald myself mm -hmm. because then I get too sweaty and I can't stay in. Mm -hmm. So it's like a fine balance. I really like salt, so I use. Uh, it, they, I buy them in a bucket, and they're Dead Sea Warehouse mm. salts. I get them at like my local health food store. You can get them on Amazon too. I like bubble bath, but it can irritate. I have really sensitive skin, so I use like Aveeno baby shampoo as bubble bath. Mm. Oh, um, and I have a bath tray that I got on Amazon. I think it's made by Bambusi, and I put a candle on it, and my book rests on it, and I can put a cocktail on it if I want, oh, and then it just fantastic. like rests in over my bathtub, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Do you use a pillow or something yes. for your oh, head? I, yes, obviously. I okay. can't believe I left that out. Great. It's a bath pillow. It's like ergonomic. It's like fatter on one side than the other. I'll have to look what the brand is that makes it. But it's like okay, it's kind of like a memory phone situation. I pro I could not survive without it. Right. It would be so uncomfortable right. to sit without it. This is interesting. I want to leave right now I and know. be in the bath. <laughs> I'm like, this is my last work make full work day before the holidays. And I'm like, I'm going to move into my bathtub. Yeah. I don't have anything to add. I'm also going on vacation. I'm like, would it tips. be weird to travel with my bath pillow? No. <laughs> well, like, is you it blow up? Don't need it. It's not blow up. You kind of don't need a bath pillow when you're traveling though, because like the reason I don't do this at home is because I'm lazy and I don't want to get a towel mm -hmm. wet when I'm in a hotel. I just roll up a towel, towel and put it yeah. and it gets wet. Right. But like, I don't care because... I'm a diva. Right. It's not my towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have bath tips that you would no, like to share? No, just like I don't. Katie is a new bather. I'm a new bather, so I don't. Other than I think I might be different than you in the sense of like I like it really, really hot when I get in. Yes. So then I can stay 
a bit longer. Got it. And watching, I, I continuously add hot water throughout. Them. Oh, that's like smart. every five minutes. I like add. Well, some good thing I'm moving. I'm I'm having a bit of. I've, we have a bit of a problem in my current bathtub. I can't get the bath to go, so I've had to fill it up through the shower. Oh my god, no! <laughs> so I can't I turn water on during. That's terrible. Yes, so anyway, well, okay. I'm moving next week. So here we are. Okay, what's a surprising talent that you have? I can do human pretzel. Like you're very flexible? Like, I feel like I, I was like, I'll show you. But then I realized nobody will be able to see. I can put my legs behind like crossed head. behind my head. I, th I think I can do that as well. Yeah, you probably can. You're a former yoga instructor. I can do human pretzel. And I think that's probably, I don't have like a lot of hidden talents. I'm really good at finding good shit at Zara. You I think are. that's a unicorn talent. You're really good. You have I, you have a lot of unicorn talents. Like, uh, thank you. I think you have a lot. You have a lot of like regular talents and just impressive talents normally, and then and then some weird ones that I can't some even think ones. of now. I'll have to. I wish I had prepared better for this. Yeah, um, I'm You'll good probably. at doing other people's hair too. Oh, really? Yeah. Will you so do my like, hair sometime? Yes. So like when I go to weddings and shit, there's usually like three or four people whose hair I do. Wow. Yeah. Oh, great. I would like yeah. you to do my hair sometime. I think I'm like, like a former, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, do you think you would have been like a former, in a former life, you would have been a therapist? Because they were like, it was a very nice compliment being like, I feel like you could have been a counselor. And I was like, I think I probably would have been a hairstylist. And they were like, same thing. And I totally. was like, oh my God, you're totally mm -hmm. right. Two uh, girls in my podcasting workshop started a podcast together and it's a hairstylist and one of her clients because they would have these great oh my conversations God. and she was like I did every girl's dream I became friends with my hairstylist <laughs> in real life seriously <laughs> and it's such a good sure. podcast what are your surprising talents I feel like I'm a pretty good whistler many. really mm -hmm. whistle something mm -hmm. what do you want me to whistle <laughs> That was very impressive. I can only whistle going in, not going out. Yeah, I got a lot of range there. I guess yeah, I'm getting too that's bummed. very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. I really wanted to ask Andrew Bird to whistle with me when I had him oh on the my podcast. God. And then I like chickened out and I didn't. But <laughs> now I wish I that's had. Amazing. That's a very good surprising mm -hmm. talent. A small thing that brings you joy. Oh my gosh. There are so many... So many little things. It's like, for me, it's usually about other people. Like, yeah. if someone sends me a text, I'm a big words of affirmation person. Got it. And I think that's why that your spiral really hits me in the opposite direction, too, because I'm such a words of affirmation person, a words of def deformation. Yeah, deformation. <laughs> like, yeah. really hurt me. So just like an encouraging text can bring me so much joy or like someone checking in or like, like when I was so sick last week, like friends just checking in on yeah. me gave me so much joy that like they had no idea, but like yeah. meant so much. I love that. Mm -hmm. I interpreted this as an object. Oh, okay, great. Well, that's <laughs> so, the next one. But yeah, tell me that. Oh, I did not get that. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm going to tell my object small yeah, thing. Yeah, please. Same thing. So one of my best friends, shout out Annie, because I know she listens to this podcast. Hi, Annie. <laughs> Her mom is just sort of a wonderful, hilarious, hippie-esque cool. human. And she always has us do like very, like when I was, like, now I 
loved these things so much more. But when I was a kid, we were all just like, ah, like <laughs> she would make us do things like go down to the beach and spin around three times and throw a rock in and make a wish. But like, if we didn't spin around three times, it wouldn't work, you know, like things oh, like that. that. And so she gave me a shell, like a, just a shell. Like I can't even, it's a, what is, I'm trying to think of the actual model. It's a muscle shell which is like so generic and basic, but it was like a large one. And she gave it to me one random day. I want to say 10 years ago mm -hmm. and was like, I just feel like this will bring you good luck. And I'm a hoarder and I put it in my purse that day and I change purses like every day. And I just like take handfuls of things out, you know, lipsticks, my wallet, like whatever, and like put it in a different purse. And so, and I, I use, I keep my bags for like a really long time. And so that shell for better or for worse, like it gets moved around sometimes, but like I will probably find it like once every three months in the bottom of a bag. And it like, every time I see it, it just like brings me so much joy. And I, I feel like it probably has brought me good luck in some way, shape or form, yeah. but I just like laugh, like being like, I still have this weird ass muscle shell floating in the bottom of my purse. And it just like, it makes me think of my friends and I don't know. I love it. Oh, I love that. Okay. This will really bring your piece of joy in with my piece of joy. Next time you find it in a bag, will you send yes. me a photo of it? <laughs> <Yes>. Great. <laughs> I love that. Uh, That's so sweet and just makes me so happy. I really I really, really enjoy that. My tiny, we also had the question of like tiny items that make your life easier. Mm -hmm. I will say, not sponsored by Apple, sort of open to it. My AirPods are really nice. Like from walking around and used to using like the, I can't even remember having a cord. Like I that was- I only have the cord. <laughs> you only have the cord? You don't like them because of the radiation? Oh, I don't. Oh. <laughs> I, you know I don't give a shit about I was radiation. Like <laughs> um, I am too afraid that I'll lose them. Yeah. But I saw you like when Katie came over <laughs> before I, I was like trying to hug her, but she was taking <laughs> her earpods out and like putting them in their little case. So I guess if you're like, like, I guess if every time you take them out, you just put them in the little case, you're fine. But I'm not sure I'm responsible enough for that. I feel like I just throw them in my bag and then I'd have one. I'm definitely not. Well, they die if you don't do that. Oh. And they like, you have to put them in there to charge. Okay. But not still, <laughs> I, I have left, I haven't left the individual cases, but I will tell you this. Talk about not being responsible enough. I have left that small pod case all over this city. Yeah. Every store, like, every sort of it? like. How do you get it back? I don't know. I'm really, so I have your name on so it? often that I'm pretty, no, I do put a sticker on mine because everyone has the same yeah. one. So like I've often like grabbed my friends or they've taken mine yeah. or whatever. So that's good. But I I left my purse at a coffee shop the day I had a flight, like a couple of weeks ago. Left, did a bunch of errands. Several hours later, realized it was gone. Had my keys in it. Went back and it was just sitting right there. Like I have really good luck with like leaving things and, and finding them, them again. Back. Oh my God, that's so lucky. Yeah. Okay, this is making me- Do you have a small item that is um, useful, like a useful item to you? I was just trying to think, no. Like honestly, like I do not have any- things that I use on the day to day. Mm -hmm. I have, I did finally get, I used to have a big wallet and I never wanted to carry it anywhere. So I would just put random credit cards, cards yeah. in a purse and I kept losing shit and it was ridiculous. So I did get a tiny, like a very tiny wallet. Oh, that's, that's a just good like one. a card 
yeah. essentially like a card holder. So now that gets transferred from bag to bag. Yeah, that's so that, good. So that is a small item that makes yeah. my life easier. Yeah. Oh, this is an intense one. What is an area where you want to grow? Oh, I don't. I wrote this one and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to grow in in so many areas. I think. I think. I think maybe this is a cop out answer, but I think a goal of my life is that I will constantly be growing and become becoming more confident, becoming better at being myself, becoming more comfortable learning more until I die, hopefully. So there's not really a specific area that I want to grow the most right now. It's just like a general up-leveling, I think. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I feel similarly. I feel like I am a hyper-rational person. And so things like magical thinking you know, mm. manifestation, all that shit, like, is not something that I really relate to. <laughs> and I've never really done it well. And I, well, like, it, it's ironic because I am somebody that, like, puts themselves out there and takes mm -hmm. a lot of risks, you know, especially in the professional realm and just, like, is okay with that. But I'm also not somebody who is capable of like being like, oh, I'm going to do X or I want X that's like really grandiose. A friend of mine, Shanae Alexander, once was like, I want to be the millennial Oprah. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, you totally could be. But like, and I was just like, so inspired by that in the sense that I was like, I would never say that out loud. Cause like that feels ridiculous. Like you know, and I was like, but I think when you do say that kind of stuff out loud or are open to it, it's infinitely more likely to actually happen. Oh, yeah. Cause like I, in therapy and stuff like my therapist was like, so like, what do you want? You want like a city block of offices and like, like Martha Stewart has that like has like 18 different products and magazines and books and whatever. I was like, yeah, but I mean, that's absurd. And he's like, why? Like, he's like, people start companies and make, Shit. He was like, yeah, like, granted, this is like a very, very small percentage of people who are that successful. But he's like, why couldn't that be you? Why are you always just shutting that possibility down immediately? And so that's an like, I want to be able to imagine the possibilities for myself, even if like the whole point is they might not happen, but they might. And just to like put those possibilities out into the universe is something that I am actively working towards. That's really interesting and like an interesting thing to discuss because I always forget that about you. You've told me this before and I'm surrounded, I think because of like kind of coming up in the self-help world and yeah. just being around, I'm surrounded by a lot of magical thinkers and a yeah. lot of manifesty people. But I don't come from that. Like I come from Midwestern people who are just like, <laughs> we can only do this. And that's what I have seen, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's why people who are this like kind of magical law of attraction, manifesty thinking is so alluring to me mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, I like that. It's it's a it feels good to think those thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, it feels better. But I have, like you, such a rational voice of my mom always told me, like, well, anything's possible, but the way I, my brain translated that was like, Probably not. Pretty hard <laughs> no, but maybe technically sure, you know? Okay. And so in my mind, I really have to kind of, I want to be a magical thinker as well. We all do, I guess. Yeah. But it feels like such a big jump. Like for totally. me to say something like what Shanae said is like, 
there'd be such a loud voice in my mind like, hey, no, you can't you do that. Can't Not do that. you. Yes. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I think if we could all, we've talked about this before, of like meeting in the middle somehow um, or leaning even to the direction of like, why, look, you mentioned Mindy Kaling's book title. Why not me? Yeah. You know, like, it's like your therapist said, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. It is yeah. true that there's not room for everyone, but yeah, we might as well try. Might as well try. Is there a new skill you want to learn? I want to learn how to knit. Oh, me too. I think it, like it's supposed to be so good for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or my best friend needlepoints. Oh, and her cool. shit is really cool, and I feel like it's easier than knitting. And so I knitting's might do that. really. <laughs> have you tried to learn knitting? Yes. When I was like, I had like a weird knitting set when I was in like fourth grade uh-huh. or something, and I learned, but now I can't remember how. It's hard. It's like we were talking about this over breakfast. Like it's um, anything you don't do a lot, yeah. you get out of practice, and it's really hard. My friend Sasha tried to teach me how to knit, and it went terribly. <laughs> like it's really, you have to really focus and be present, which is why it would be so good for us yeah. for anxiety. Yeah. Let's someday. Someday. Is there a name that you wish you had as a kid? Like you, a name you really admired that you, if your name wasn't Serena? I have never thought about those, uh-huh. but I really, here's the thing. I really <laughs> like sort of androgynous mm. names. Mm-hmm. However, and I feel like I feel like we're not allowed to say this in like 2019 or 2020, whenever this. Is. <laughs> like I feel like if, if we order, can't say it in 2019, 2020 is really not. hard. I no. feel like if you like have an androgynous name as a woman, you have to be hot. <laughs> and I was like not hot as a teenager, <laughs> so I'm like I definitely couldn't have pulled. But I would have like loved to have been called something like Billy. You know? Yeah, you could yeah. have pulled it off. <laughs> Do you want me to start calling you Billy? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Did you like being named Serena? Did you have a lot of no, Serena's in your because, class? I mean, yes and no, but like now I like it, but nobody ever knew how to spell it. Everybody called me Sabrina. <laughs> it was like now and now people are always like, oh, like Serena Williams. I'm like, sure. Or Serena Vander Woodson. Yeah. Whatever. But like prior to Gossip Girl, there were not a lot of, and Serena Williams, there were not a lot of other Serenas. And so... It was weird. Yeah. But I like it now. Yeah. It suits you. I like it too. I think it suits me. Yeah. Maybe we grow into our names. Well, I think my dad, so my dad at my 21st birthday party gave a speech (laughs) and it was like 21 years ago, Serena's mother and I made a mistake naming Serena, Serena, because like she is the, like, I like, I am like not, now I am, but like, as a child, I was not like a serene person. I was like a bundle of like energy and like all this stuff. But he paused at the wrong time. So he was like, 21 years ago, Serena's mother and I made a mistake. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, God, like in a like wrong, wrong pause. But yeah. Anyway, I think I've grown into my name. Yeah. Mine, there were always at least that Still, even today, <laughs> at least five other Katie's you, in like every room. What did you want to be named? Well, my mom don't never tell kn- me. I want to like guess. Okay, yeah, <laughs> guess. Charlotte. <laughs> Does she like a Charlotte to you? I don't know. Like that'd be cool if I got to be called Charlie and I was Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, sorry. You're, what were you saying about your mom? Well, she didn't want to name me, like, I'm not Catherine or Caitlin or anything, just Katie, just Katie. because she didn't want anyone to call me Kathy because she really didn't mm, like that. Right, yeah. And so now I, 
she thought I would maybe would change my name to Kate when I got older, but I'm just so not a person to be like, actually, it's Kate. Like, oh I would God, never no. do that. And so she calls me Kate. We were going to talk about nicknames, too. She calls me Kate. My dad calls me Kate. My best friend, who's also named Katie, calls me Kate. And, like, everyone I've ever dated sort of has. So I like I like nicknames because I le- it, there's something so cozy about that. Yeah, I have, like, infinite nicknames. Nobody, nobody close to me calls me Serena. Yeah. Like, like in my like family or like even even a lot of my friends don't call me Serena. So my family calls me Itty, which is so weird. I-T-T-Y because my brother had a speech impediment when he was young and he couldn't say Serena. And he really we were like, you know, we've always been very close. But like as a baby, he was like, obsessed with me. Hmm. And he loved lollipops, but he couldn't really say L either. So he called them itty pops. And so he just called me itty. I love which is like that. something else. So that cute. <laughs> he loved, I guess, I don't know, whatever. It's stuck. And so now my family calls me itty or it, which I don't mind at all because I'm used to it. But it would like, it gets like awkward in public because my family will call me it. So they'll be like, it what do you want in a restaurant and like people are like call her it or like i'll be like trying on clothes and like in a store or something and my mom will call me it and like people are like what but before my brother was born because he's six years younger everyone in my family called me siri s-e-r-i and my mom wanted to name me siri but her mom was really old school and was like that's not a proper name so like you have to give her a full name and then you can call her siri i miss siri but now siri is like the apple phone thing so yeah i would find that annoying That'd be like, she would probably pick up your... Yes. So they call me Itty. A lot of my high school friends call me Itty because they heard my family calling me that. All of my college friends call me Swolf because there were two Serenas in this club we were in. And so we went by like, her last name was Keith. So it was like Swolf and Skeeth. And that's what we went by Uh to keep us separate. So all of my college friends call me Swolf. And Logan calls you that sometimes. And Logan calls me Swolf or Swolfie. But then Logan calls me like whatever. (laughs) He only calls me Serena if he's like upset at me, (laughs) (laughs) which is like I can. He's probably called me Serena like six times in our relationship. But he comes up with like whatever (laughs) name pops into his head. So some of them are like really hilarious and offensive, but it's very funny. And he calls, but he calls me Belle which again, so random, but because when we started dating and I lived in Paris, he would look up random French words oh. to like put in his emails. Uh, Belle means beautiful in French, but oh. like he, so he calls me that. Oh, that's cute. So, um, so random. I like those. I yeah, love like, nicknames. A lot of, like, I love nicknames because like some of them are so like my brother and I call each other poops, which like, I don't know how it started, but like when we were kids, it's like or like poopy and like people are like why would you call somebody that and it's just like i don't know yeah that's there's like really sweet stories about nicknames that i just think are so fun and lovely and every time i've had a nickname from someone it feels it feels like it's a real relationship you know (laughs) (laughs) totally um i'm like i'm sorry that i just spent 10 minutes telling you my nicknames no i enjoyed Um, it what is the best thing you've eaten all week Honestly, our toast is really good. That was good. And toast. I love toast. Also, this is very weird, but I make the toast that Katie and I eat half, we've talked about this before, but half avocado, half almond butter with either like jam or to this morning we had bananas and cinnamon 
But I make it on Ezekiel sprouted grain English, English muffins. muffins. It's technically not toast. It's an English muffin we're working muffin. with. Some of them, I don't know if you've noticed this. I think it's just like my analness. Like some of the English muffins are just very evenly shaped. And when mm-hmm. they're fork split, like when you break them in half, they're like perfectly even. Yeah, today's morning, were. they were mm-hmm. like, perfect. sometimes they're sometimes not. like mm-hmm. the bottom is like a tiny, like little sad thin circle and the bottom's all yeah. like too fat. So yeah, they were very proportional. Too. Very <laughs> yeah, we went out with a bang. Yeah, for I care about, but it is important to me. I don't know. What's the best thing I've eaten this week? Um, Other than Ruby Rosa. I was going to say Ruby Rosa. <laughs> so like my pizza, obviously. But I think, oh, we had um, a Christmas party on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And I made beef tenderloin crostini, which is like, the rest. there's also a recipe for it on my blog, but it has like whipped goat cheese and um, beef tenderloin and pesto. And it's so good. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I feel like I had something really, oh, I was so sick. And so I was, do you know that saying, um, feed a cold? Feed a cold, starve a fever? No. Apparently, that's the thing. My friend told me last week because I was so hungry. Like, yeah. I feel like my body needed, like, vegetables and, like, yeah. warm cooked, like, sweet potato. And there's this place in my neighborhood, Jungle Cafe, and I went there, like, two nights in a row <laughs> and got the same thing. And I, one day I went in there, I got it to go, and I was, like, I just, like, got so much food. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like sit here for a second and eat a little bit before I go because I must have been so starving starving that I couldn't even like make the walk home. But I ate the entirety of it. Like when I got to be like leftovers for lunch the next day, I was so hungry. And I was like, this is why did I get a to go container when I could have when I just sat here alone and ate it. But yeah, I guess it's a thing. Oh my God. I get that. Yeah, I'm going to pay attention to that. Now. I feel like whenever I'm sick in any capacity, I don't want to eat, but that makes, that actually would make sense. Oh, and also I was at this holiday market yesterday selling books and there, the woman, <laughs> the table next to me, it was like from a fancy chocolate mm-hmm. shop. And so I bought some chocolates and then I sat there eating the chocolates because nobody was buying my books. <laughs> and, oh my God. Um, I, I'm not usually like a huge white chocolate person, but I got this like white, it was like a white chocolate passion fruit bar. Mm. And it was so good that I was Ooh. like alarmed. Wow. I was al- I was so excited. And then also like, do not eat like this entire block of this because you will feel so sick. Yes. But I ended up eating half of it anyway. I know that exact feeling of like something will be so good. And I'm like, this is too good. Yeah, like, like I took it's a too bite. Good. I'm like, I was like, and then she started laughing because I was like, oh my God. <laughs> she was like, yeah, it's good, right? I was like, I'm scared. It's so good. I ate one more good. My best friend made us dinner the other night and she, I was on my way over and I was like, do you want me to pick up anything? What? And she's like, no, I cooked. And I was like, oh my God, that's so nice. And she had made so many roasted vegetables and sweet potatoes that she, we like had them like you would a stuffed baked potato. Mm-hmm. We put broccoli on them and like loaded them up. And I, yeah. sweet potatoes are right up I there with um, toast of like something I can eat all the time mm-hmm. and like always sounds good and you can do in a lot of different ways, you know? We eat a lot of good things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm excited about this question. What are you like at a wedding as a guest? I guess, or as a, it, no, as a guest, because how you are as a, at a wedding that's yours is probably different. Yeah, definitely different at your own wedding. As a guest. 
Oh, this is so interesting because I think I used to, when I was younger, I was just drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Now I think I'm less drunk. I think I'm a fun wedding guest. I mean, not to toot my own horn, (laughs) but I think I'm a fun wedding guest. I'm also a very talkative wedding guest. Not a big dancer, Mm -hmm. um, which is surprising to a lot of people. (laughs) I think it's like, I am usually very involved in the late night dance party. Uh Uh-huh. That speaks to when me. When it gets more silly. When it's like silly Same. and it's yeah. small and yes. I can take my shoes off and it's dark and like we're just like only people that you want to be with. I don't yes. know. Like the giant one with like the, all the parents on the dance floor and stuff. I'm just like, yeah. like, and I also fucking hate a lot of wedding songs. Like I hate yeah. Shout. I hate yeah, YMCA. Same. Not that people play. I feel like nobody plays <laughs> YMCA weddings anymore. Thank God. I love the like, I love the, what is it like when people start a train? It does. It's not always to a specific song. Love but like, train. The, but yeah, but like a lot of time it's to like random uh-huh. songs and the train just starts. I don't know, like a conga line. I don't yeah. know why it just cracks me up. Yeah. And it's so weird and I love it. But yeah, Logan and I are not big dancers. So we'll be like talking to people on like the side of, we'll dance to like a handful of songs throughout the night mm-hmm. before the late night. And then we'll like talk to people. But I always, I feel like I get sat in not ideal seats because, and not not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm like an emergency guest and that they're like, oh, nobody's going to be able to talk to this person. We'll put Serena there. Aww. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, like you ruined my night. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I often find myself in like with less than ideal dining partners and I'm like, and I've definitely like had friends be like, can I put you next to so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, yes, it's Aww. your wedding. <laughs> I'll take one for the team. Um, but I mean, I've also had a handful of like epic seating arrangements. But yeah, I think I'm a talker. Also, I just like, I love weddings. I like have gotten real. like this sounds terrible to say, but I had a couple summers where like this summer wasn't, as bad but the summer before we had nine weddings and oh like God. I was like so burnt out that I was like I feel guilty because I'm like not excited about these like people's weddings who are like close friends because I'm like I'm so tired I don't want to yeah. go like back to back to back to back to weddings but I do love like I I love the actual ceremony mm-hmm. I love speeches I love speeches that's my favorite I was gonna ask what your favorite part was uh, I, like I love the rehearsal dinner speeches I love an inappropriate speech like it just makes me so happy uh-huh. um I love groom speeches. I don't know. I love weddings. They're my favorite. Yeah, me too. I haven't been to very many weddings. Really? I've been to a handful, but I haven't really had many. I've had like two family weddings in my life and then a handful of friends' weddings. I've only been in one wedding ever. So feel free to invite me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'm a pretty good guest. I I was pretty lucky. I was really happy I didn't have any this year. Yeah. Um, Because it's really fun with a date. Like it's, I I don't know if I would, I've never been to a wedding by myself. I've just always like had someone to be my date. But um, that would be a different thing too. Yeah. I went to a handful of weddings solo. But like Logan and I have been together since I was 23. So for the, like there some some people I know had like a no br- no ring, no bring policy. So like mm. because we weren't engaged mm. to keep numbers down, like Logan wouldn't get invited. Um, but that was like really only until I was like 25 because then like people were like, mm, I feel like you guys might not get married, but you're married. So I have right. to. <laughs> <laughs> but 
yeah, it's really, it's weddings are interesting. And like the dynamic as a guest is always mm -hmm. strange. And also being in weddings, it's a very different experience yeah. than like being a normal guest because totally. you have so much. You're like working you have, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like you have so much going on on the day and also you have to give a speech mm -hmm. and you have to prepare that and that can be nerve wracking and whatever. And I love to like get my speech over with mm. early on. That makes sense. Because otherwise I just think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can just enjoy. And then you can just yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Okay, speaking of long-term things, do you ever think about your legacy or like how you would want to be remembered by people? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you? No, actually not at all. <laughs> but I would like to, like that's an interesting thing to think about. I think like not in terms of creative output like that I would be remembered for. Mm -hmm. I think I would just want people to say that I made them feel good. Like whether I made them laugh or I made them feel special or funny or seen or whatever. Like, I think I would just want people to think that I made them feel good. Mm, you do. I, that's you. what I remember. As we're talking about this, this is maybe morbid or weird to say. But <laughs> <laughs> one thing I think about all the time. Yeah. Several times a day, this will cross my mind. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like very nervous now. What the fuck is it? I think about like if I died unexpectedly uh -huh. or young, uh -huh. like how that would play out. Like specifically people I tangentially know or don't know that well, but like, like I always wonder like, would they find out or like, would they care? Would they know? Yes. Would they post a thing about me? Would they come to the funeral? Would my mom tell this person? Like, yeah. I always kind of, I and lately, like more than ever, I really think about that. I had a really morbid period where I, like, because 9-11 happened when I was in seventh grade. And I think this was an early manifestation of my anxiety. And mm -hmm. I did not have anxiety. Like, you know, I didn't have true anxiety until I was in my 20s. But there was like a weird period and it was resurrected on like the t when there was like all this 10 year anniversary footage of yeah, 9 which is just like a couple where years ago. I like would think about all the time what I would like you know people were able to text or like leave a voicemail oh my god and yes. I would think about what I would put mm -hmm. in the text or who I would text or what I would say in the voicemail and it was like so not an okay thing mm -hmm. to be thinking about but I like that would I would like fixate on that mm, that's interesting and be like I only had like 20 seconds like would I call you know like now I'm like I would call Logan and what would I say like if I only had 20 seconds you know yeah. like it's horrible to think about sorry guys those downer, messages I I can't it was just last year I think that was the 10 year anniversary and I remember like my relationship was ending and I remember being like would you we it was like a no, I think it was talk a 20 year 20 year yeah no, that was 15 year maybe something. I don't know it's not it was 2009 11 01 right yeah so we're coming up on 20, yeah, 20 years. years and, so whatever the anniversary yeah. was, I, I was thinking about those messages and I remember being like, I want to be loved like those people. Like I want to like feel loved like that. And anyway, it made me. This is meant to be a happy yeah, episode. So like I want happy. people to say I made them feel good, not <laughs> All right, we'll bring the mood up with this one. What are your most questionable style choices? <laughs> oh my God, so many. You know what freaks me out is like every time I look, look in the mirror nowadays when I put something on, mm -hmm. 
I'm like, I look good. <laughs> but like, like if I put together an actual outfit, mm-hmm. not just like, you know, my jeans and a sweater, but like I put together an outfit, I'm like, you look good. And for whatever reason, like give me two years and I will be like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> so like, I just feel like my all of my fashion choices may be questionable in a few years. But like overall, I would say I wore major things. I wore really low rise jeans for a bit. And like my ass crack was always showing (laughs) and I was not small. So like it just was like there was a lot of overhang. It was just bad. I really hope high rise jeans never go out Even if they do, like I'm going to keep wearing them because life changer um <laughs> i think low rise jeans will never come back I right wore uggs in an aggressive way for like three years in high school like colored Uggs. oh yeah me, like, oh yeah me too want to die right now but um, so comfortable I had, I had hot pink knock off uggs from urban outfitters and like i just like hard no hot pink hot pink wow um, and then also when I was 13, I had like a Winona Rider, Rider pixie cut. You did? Yeah. And it was not good. And the <laughs> only reason I had that, because I kind of had a bob like my whole childhood. And mm-hmm. it, it actually looked fine. But then my hair got like kind of long, not long, but long for me at the time, like shoulder length at the end of seventh grade. And I like did not, I wanted my bob. And so I went to a new hairstylist who I had never been to. And I saw this. I had been getting my hair cut by this guy in LA since I was like seven, who's my mom's hairstyle. <laughs> so like I got my hair cut in Santa Barbara and they gave me essentially a mushroom cut. So it was like chin length <laughs> with bangs. And then I went to, I hated it because I looked heinous and I had a mushroom cut. And also my hair is sort of <laughs> naturally wavy-ish and has some frizz. And I've been blow drying my hair since I was old enough to hold a blow dryer, but <laughs> it was very difficult to style the mushroom cut. Uh-huh. And I just was, my mom was upset i was upset so we went back to my original hairstylist and i walked in he was like i did not do that to you and i was like no you did not um and he's like there's no way to salvage it there's no way to salvage it we have to cut it all off and let it start from scratch like (laughs) so he he cut all of my hair off and i could not pull it off also i had braces and like kind of a unibrow and like it was just like no it was not good so yes what what age is this 13. It's a really hard age. And like, that I, so I remember a guy look. in my class being like, what did you do? Fall asleep while they were cutting your hair? Oh. And I was like, oh my God, so mean. Um, but I had also just gotten boobs. So I was, and I had a growth spurt. So I was like super skinny, like in the skin, you know, like growth spurt way. Right. Super tall, super skinny, double D boobs. I'm making all this sound really good, but it was very bad. Like, because like the gangly huge boobs, braces, unibrow pixie hat was a lot. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah, man. Middle school look is mm. just rough for yeah. everyone. Yeah, for sure. Oh, what, I could what never. What is yours? I mean, all of the above. I mean, low ride jeans were hard for everyone. Uggs were hard for everyone. Yes. And I think, you know, and th- now that we're talking about this, I, so I wore uniforms. I went to a Catholic school for middle school where we wore uniforms. Yeah. And I knew, like, how to work around that to, like, work with what I had to work with. My hair has always been really, like, a thing. Frizzy and hard to deal with. And straighteners were, like, a great invention. (laughs) And then, like, also hard. Just complicated. But then when I got to high school, I 
had to learn how to wear clothes and like put together outfits, yeah. which was really hard because I had like never done that before. And so I it remember wearing, it's still hard for me now. Yeah. But I was wearing some jeans that like, who knows, I got it like Urban Outfitters or yeah. something. And I remember that this is like very embarrassing. This boy that I liked and like had a crush on and ended up being my boyfriend, maybe like freshman or sophomore year. I borrowed jeans from a friend who like bought Abercrombie jeans that were like tight fitting. Oh, apparently I must have been wearing like baggy <laughs> jeans. And I remember him like making some comment like, you should borrow Kelly's jeans more or something and like you're that. Like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I need to like go to this Abercrombie and Fitch place and get jeans and like, which is so ridiculous that I let that sway me. But also it like, I was like, oh, this, this is what we're wearing now. Yeah, it was also very, you saying Abercrombie reminded me that like I wore a lot of Abercrombie cargo pants and spaghetti <laughs> strap tank tops. And my, it's now a joke in my family that like, when I first got the boobs I was just telling you about, like, I was like, I have boobs on. Everyone needs to know. Like, that's what my mom, she would always be like, why does everybody need to know that you have boobs now? Because I would legitimately just have my boobs out at every opportunity. <laughs> and I think I was trying to distract from my hair or like everything else that was going on by being like, look, but I just wore an aggressive amount of like, incredibly tight spaghetti strap tank tops to like push my boobs together. It was very embarrassing. That's so funny. It was not cute. Okay. Do you have any cooking fails? Oh you have a lot God. of wins. I have a lot of fails, but I think the, like most, the one that always comes to mind is I cooked my first Thanksgiving while I was in culinary school in Paris. My mom and my brother came over oh, and a bunch wow. of my friends came in and we had Thanksgiving for like 12 or something. And we ate at 12.30 a.m. That's like, so classic. Like, that's when, the, yeah. like, everything, like, I remember putting the turkey in at, like, like, the oven, one of the ovens didn't work. And I remember putting the turkey in at, like, 7 p.m. And it was so huge. Like, it was just a disaster. But everybody ended up getting hammered and had, like, the best Thanksgiving ever. So. Was the food good once it was Yes, done? but it was just absurd that we yeah. ate it properly. Oh, I really <laughs> love that. I love a long, late dinner, so. Yes. <laughs> I once tried to make a pumpkin pie. This is a graphic story, everyone. Please <laughs> um, brace yourselves. I was making a pumpkin pie with um, pureed pumpkin. Oh, no, no. I already know what's oh, happening. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you this? No. Hand um, mm. immersion blender. Yep. And I was trying to, like, clean off the immersion blender, mm. probably to lick it or something. Who knows? And it was still plugged in, mm. and the blood went, went all around. Ceiling. Yeah. And my mom walked downstairs because I, my ex-boyfriend was there, and Adam was standing next to me. I was, like, sitting on the ground holding my hand, and she was like, what did you do to her? Because oh it looked like God. a massacre had happened. Oh and I had, I'll show you my scars. I had to go to the emergency room. And then a week after that, I was using a mandolin. So mind you, I have a huge piece mm. of gauze. A week later, I have to go back to the same emergency room. So now I have oh, two pieces no. of two stitches, sets of stitches. Um, so now I don't cook. And here we are. If you could be an animal, what animal would you be? An elephant. Oh, Why? I love elephants. Really? I think they're so cute. That, I really like that. I was going to say. And they have really good memories and they like have strong like community, like the elephant herds oh, or like have yeah. strong communities. And they like, I also, when I went on safari, 
when I saw the baby elephants, I just, they're so ugly, but so cute. Mm. And like, I just, I love elephants. I think they're awesome. Oh, but like that. maybe something also like, maybe like a cheetah. I don't know. It would depend what mood I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you said about elephants that you just like them and I they're just like pretty because <laughs> that's how I feel. I love whales. <laughs> I feel like most people are like, if you were an animal, like everyone would be like, oh, like I would be like, I like this like sexy like animal and like for like elephant and whale. <laughs> <laughs> so oh confidently like yeah, yeah, like, yeah definitely, definitely a whale yeah. <laughs> but like honestly for the same reason like I just I've always thought they're real I've never been whale watching but I've always wanted to like I just think I can't wrap my mind around how big they are do you understand how big whales are have you been able to process that like you know the size of a bus right Multiple buses. <laughs> oh my god! I think I I had this. Have you watched Our Planet? You think you talked about I it? I talked about the- it probably because I'm obsessed with it. Is there but a there's, whale? There's one on the ocean, so you should oh watch because yeah. you're like, oh my god, they're crazy. And like, I also just feel like I store a lot of really useless trivia facts in my head and I always just remember that like whales have baleen mm-hmm. you know and like I don't know why that which is the same as our um to catch the krill and it's the same as our fingernails the cartilage in the baleen is the same as see, our fingernails this is important. I know a lot of what I'm not gonna lie to you guys <laughs> I actually wrote a book about whales <laughs> what what in fourth grade oh. okay this is I fair. wrote a book about whales in fourth grade because I was so I think it was like an assignment <laughs> yeah but I was so fascinated by them and like how I, for some reason my mind with big things like really overwhelms me in like a <laughs> a good way a hard way I don't know I I really yeah I, I'm very into whales I love it but like the elephant thing there's a really shitty Netflix Christmas Christmas movie this year with Rob Lowe and Kristen what's her face the woman who plays um Charlotte on Sex and the yes City. my friend did Carolina, you watch it no but Carolina Gave me a rundown of it, so I feel familiar. Yeah, so, like, it's not a good movie, but I watched it with Logan last week, and I just, like, when we were on safari, I used... Now I'm a crier, but I didn't used to be a crier, and, like, when we went on safari, at that point, I was, like, not really a crier still, and every time I saw a baby animal of any kind, I just burst into tears and so it became a joke amongst like the guides and then also the other people like in our vehicle and stuff they're like how many times do you think Serena's gonna cry today like I could not control it and so we started watching this holiday in the wild which is like about like they work at an elephant orphanage and I was literally from like the opening credits just like weeping really into like Logan Chessie was like you're insane but I was like oh yeah they're so beautiful oh my god that's so funny Okay, let's talk about cheese. <laughs> I'm new to cheese. You're new. What do you mean you're new I didn't, to cheese? You know how restrictive I oh, was yes, of things. I true. didn't eat cheese until this year when I went to France. Well, cheese fucking rules. It, it does. Um, I'm mildly lactose intolerant. I don't give a fuck. I eat so much cheese. <laughs> okay, so my favorite cheese, it's nearly impossible to choose. I really love like an like a amazing triple cream. Okay, which what is, is like a really example. soft, like think like an incredibly soft, creamy brie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not really like a brie person necessarily. There are many other kinds of better creams, than but that? it's just okay. like a really rich, creamy, buttery cheese. Mm-hmm. I also love a good manchego, like a manchego that has like 
like thinly sliced. I don't like crackers and shit with my cheese. Mm-hmm. I just like the cheese. Yeah. Like sometimes I like a little bit of like quince paste or like honey. But like for the most part, like I don't really mm-hmm. want like other. I just want to eat the piece of yeah. cheese. So like I like that a firmer cheese you can just eat. You don't need to like spread it on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also love all kinds of goat cheese. Soft, yes. hard, goat anything, goat gouda, goat brie, like whatever. I love goat stuff. I really like a salty cheese. I like salty foods. Yeah. And so someone told me that goat cheese is a really salty, really salty. cheese, which yeah. is why I like it. Oh my God. When, thank God you eat cheese Right? Now. It's fantastic. It really I, I, is. I really come into my own this year. I drink coffee. I eat you cheese have. now. Things are, things are very different. When I was in France, we were in Normandy at some like, like a farmer's market. And my friends that I was with, all of the French people, all of the Parisians thought it was crazy and hilarious and weird that I like hadn't been eating cheese for so long. And so they got all of these it different is. cheeses. <laughs> it is. And they played this game that they thought was hilarious where they would cut a piece of cheese, make me eat it, taught me about it, and then for the whole rest of the day, they would feed me a piece of cheese where like I would look the other way and I'd have to guess which one it was that we bought. That is possibly the best game I have ever heard of. It was really great. We just like drank a lot of Prosecco and ate cheese the entire day and sat outside. That sounds so awesome. What, a good day of 2019. There, yes. There's a high for you. Yes, 1,000%. What was your favorite childhood toy? Oh, yeah, these are good. I have no idea. That That's going to be a hard pass, but I will tell you this. One year for Christmas, the only toy I wanted, mm-hmm. toy in quotes, an electric toothbrush. And I was like maybe six. Like all I wanted was like a really nice toothbrush. I think I just liked the dentist and I wanted to pretend like I was at the dentist or something. So that's like the only childhood toy I can remember. Do you remember one? Yeah. I was obsessed with this thing called the Skip It. Oh yeah, I had you put one of on those. your ankle I was terrible and you at it, spin though. around and you jump over it. And I don't know why I really liked that. And then this like game called Bop It. Oh yeah, of course Bop It. Yeah, I was like really that was into very fun. Both of those. I'm like laser tag. Oh, we laser tags! I would do we that. We had now. our own vests. Like we got those for oh, Christmas one year. Fun. And like so, we would have people over and play laser tag in the house, which I, and I don't know how my mom like put up with us like running like large children like, <laughs> running around the house shooting at each other and knocking shit over she's very tall yeah i yeah those are mine i actually we had this thing called mr christmas did you guys ever have no. one of those it's a karaoke machine only full of <laughs> christmas songs and so as an only child from about mm, thanksgiving to new year's I would get home from school and just be, let me get a couple songs in. And I would just oh, like my by myself. God. And I would say, and then I would like play, I was gonna say on my phone, but like on something else, on a yeah. tape player, like a Spice Girls song, but use the microphone yes, from um, Mr. Christmas. And all I wanted to do was like be, that was how I would play is like, I, a trampoline, I guess would be my other favorite. I did oh, have a trampoline. Yeah, we did too. And so I would go outside with like a little, a this is gonna make me sound like I'm a hundred years old, but a radio with a big antenna, and I would just jump for hours. But really, it was like a karaoke time because yeah. I would just I would wouldn't want to leave to go to the bathroom in case they might play a song that I would like. <laughs> so I would like hold going to the bathroom because I was like I until a commercial because I couldn't I didn't oh want to miss my God. song. That's amazing. I know Spotify would have really I served me. 
Should we go to the rapid fire? Yeah, unless there's any other kid ones. Favorite TV show as a kid? Arthur, hands down. Loved it. Still love oh. it. Arthur's so meaningful to me. Did you ever watch it? Not really, no. Oh, I was very into it. Apparently, never, it's still going. I never liked cartoons. Mm, like I didn't really kind. either, except Arthur, honestly. Interesting. What about I'm you? Like trying to th- My family watched Seventh Heaven together on Monday nights. Oh, that's which so is sweet. So random. Looking back on that, like I guess like if we're talking like kid kid, like then I watched like I really liked like Dawson's Creek and stuff, mm-hmm. but I was like in fifth grade by then. So like as a young kid, like Seventh Heaven, but I also used to watch what was it called? What the fuck was it called on Friday nights? TGIF. TGIF. Oh, I used fantastic. to watch TGIF. Boy Meets World. Two of a kind. Two of a kind. Yeah, and then Snick which was on uh-huh. Nickelodeon on Saturday nights. That Ooh, was like Keenan and Cal oh, yeah. and like other things. But I really liked all of those. Do you remember the Amanda show? I never watched that. Mm. Amanda Bynes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think I'm, I was like, our slight age gap yeah. made me too old for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wait, I want to do this one. Okay. Just because this is the last child. <laughs> I know we talked about my pixie cat, but hairstyle you loved or admired as a kid. And I really, two hairstyles, one I was not allowed to have, which was the like cornrows, like the not cornrows, the the tiny Jamaica, like the uh-huh. the braids that you get like uh-huh. in the Bahamas or Jamaica or whatever, whatever they call it. And now I'm, braids, I braids, think. the yeah. tiny like braids, baby braids. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Mary Kate and Ashley got them in like one of their I'm movies sure. or something, and I like Atlantis them and, maybe, <laughs> yeah, Atlantis, yes. And my mom would not let me get them, and I was devastated. Also, the like cornrows that you clipped with butterfly clips, which I did. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I looked same. deeply disgusting. And I'm just like, so I'm like, thank you to my mom for letting me do that. But also, why did you let me do that? But I had like clear rainbow colors of, of butterfly clips. I had velvet butterfly clips for the for when I was fancy. <laughs> and I would only do, and like, oh, instead of doing fancy. the tiny cornrows, I would just do three so I had oh, one in the center of my head and one on either side and like there are no pictures of this and I I love and hate that so much like I really need documentation of that so okay walk me through this the reason there were three was with your fancy clips you just didn't have more I only did. only could go for three of those I <laughs> No, I think I thought like maybe three was like more elegant than like the tiny cornrows. And like, yes, I think I also, I had, it was, they were forest green and navy. And I think I maybe only had two of each and I thought that four looked lame. So I would Mm -hmm, just do one mm -hmm. down the (laughs) center. Yeah, because one down the center is really fantastic. Yes, exactly. And it was like, just, it was so bad. I want, I I feel like we're on the verge of those coming back. We are right on the cusp because clips are promised right now yes, headbands. it is just any day now before butterfly also, comes I are had, be back. this is like not a style i admired it's just one that i had those stretchy headbands they were just one circle uh-huh. and you like you put like all of your hair it just pushes them back it's like i feel like sometimes people wear them to work out now but they were like an inch and a half thing mm-hmm. not those tiny band ones yeah, that yeah, people yeah. used to work out and i <laughs> permanent <laughs> dent in my hair oh I remember I kids like that <laughs> that was me I remember kids like with the mm-hmm. headband and then yep. kids with the um Head permanent gear? no 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 permanent like mustache from a like grape drink or oh something. <laughs> you know those kids? okay yes I was not that kid no judgment though because <laughs> hair done almost as bad 
I remember okay. there was this girl in my elementary school who would start with a braid every morning and it would just fall <laughs> progressively <laughs> fall out. And I remember like a friend and I would always be like, where are we at with Catherine's braid? Like, Because <laughs> then she would like just kind of have the hair tie like yeah. slightly like dangling by a thread. <laughs> I didn't have much option in terms of like hairstyles or things that I could participate in. Like I, we like couldn't cut my hair. Like things are like, it has to be long. Like kind of still is like that. But my dad, when I was little would do my hair and my mom would give him very specific instructions of like, okay, we could do a bow here. We do clips here. We do like, and it was very sweet because she had to leave for work earlier than him. This must've been like before I was 10, but he would, he had to do my hair and brush it. And it was like a whole Thing. thing. He still talks about it. But the hairstyle I always wanted was, Jennifer Aniston, not yeah. the Rachel, not the like classic, but when her hair was like to her hips, stick straight. Oh, do you know what I'm I talking about? That. Yeah, obsessed. That's all. It still is all I ever want. Like long straight hair to my butt would be like <laughs> ideal. <laughs> oh man. Okay, these are just like and or questions that we wanted to end with. Those were not rapid fire. The ones we just did. Mm-hmm. But anywho, <laughs> wine or beer? Wine for sure. You? I, beer. Great. I love beer. Well, unless it's champagne. Champagne or beer. I love beer. <laughs> I love um, drinks. Butter or avocado? Uh, this is why we have indecision toast. I would say almond butter, but I like peanut butter too. Like but nut butters over avocado. That was not the choice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> avocado because you can do so much more with avocado. You can put an egg on it. You can, oh, But also true. I didn't know if we were just doing for toast or like for life. For yeah. life avocado. Coffee or tea? Ah, both. I'm new to coffee. Tea, tea's more versatile. I would pick tea. Ugh, fuck tea. Coffee <laughs> all the way. New York or LA? Uh, New York. LA. Mm. Cats or dogs? Ugh, dogs. 100% dogs. 100% yeah, dogs. That's Sorry, cat people. Question. Not yeah. even a question. Whales or elephants? <laughs> Whales or elephants? I mean, how could we possibly choose? Both. Whales are the elephants of the sea. Yes. <laughs> that's the episode title. Yes. <laughs> people are going to be like, what is this? Okay, most positive, this is no longer and or, most positive way anxiety has impacted your life. We were talking about this a bit before, and I think my over, the positive side of my overthinking and my spiraling and my feeling feelings around people not texting me back or whatever I'm spiraling about is that I care and that I give a shit about being Part of it may be people-pleasing. Part of it might be my anxiety, but I think there is a genuine good place that it comes from of, like, I really do care and want people to feel okay and good and seen and, like, be a part of that. Yeah, I love that. I think for me, just that it's made me much more empathetic in general. And I think I've talked about this before in general. I just think I was a much more closed-off sort of, harder person before I developed anxiety. And I think it's just like softened me in a lot of ways that I think are really wonderful. And I think that it's also motivated me to, in talking about my anxiety, I think I've been so much more like open and vulnerable with people that I love, but also just like people in general. And I think that that has been a really wonderful experience for me. Yeah, it softened you, which I think is really cool. You have so many tools, but what are your top three anxiety tools if you had to choose? Definitely regular exercise, healthy eating. Regular exercise, healthy eating, therapy. I mean, are Mm -hmm. we counting therapy as a tool? 
Yeah, why not? Those are my top three. I'll say talking to friends and saying things out loud I'll, to piggyback on all of yours. And then um, writing and journaling and getting it mm-hmm. out of my head is really useful for me. And being outside if I can, even yeah. going on a walk, that kind of connects with exercise. But And that also connects with like what we were talking about, about your spiral of like just sitting with a feeling mm-hmm. and waiting for it to go away instead of trying to do something over it or fix it or send the text or send the email or make things over it, just like being with the uncomfortable, yeah. which Trigger sucks. Ones. Biggest daily or regular anxiety trigger. Mine is literally some brand of, does this person hate me? They haven't texted me back. Did I offend someone? Rolling through the Rolodex of my mind, like, all right, every good, 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 good. Okay, yeah, I think I'm okay today. Like, not everybody, like, it's always some version of that. Mine is the fucking oven stove. Is it off? And, like, it's, like, every time I leave my apartment... And just so everybody, like, listening knows this, because I know I've talked about this in many past episodes... I talked to my therapist who is an anxiety specialist like this and the current like, you know, any electronic or oven stove is the and garage door Mm -hmm. open. Like these are the most common anxiety triggers. And every time I mention this, like anywhere on social media, people are like, I thought I was the only one. I'm like, not only are you not the only one, this is literally the most common one. So do not feel bad if that's here. But like literally almost every time I leave the apartment, I'm like, did I leave the oven or stove off? And like the thing that sucks is that there have been so many instances in which I have left it on. So there is not like the oh God. Like, like comfort of being like... You've never you've have. You've never <laughs> done this. Like the, on Saturday, I left the broiler on for like four hours. Oh, and like shit. Logan was like, the, the broiler is on. When did you broil something? And I was like, oh my God, I don't even want to say. So yes, that's my daily one. You know, I have a, I have a cure-all for, the, for that with the oven and stuff. What? Just don't cook. I never, <laughs> yes, yes, that is a very good one. Because that's the one I don't have. Biggest existential anxiety trigger. Not living up to my potential. I think Ooh. we've like talked about this yeah. at, at length of like, I have things, when I have that like brief moment of actually having some of the magical thinking, it's quashed by like, huh, but maybe you won't do it. Yeah. Like I, I can see like there could be a version I could do this or be this and then worried that it then uh, uh, anxiety comes in and I'm worried that I'm not going to be that. (laughs) I think mine is just like, are you on the right path? Do you even like love this? Or are you just telling yourself you like this because you're too lazy to change course? Like, would you be better doing something else and you're just too scared? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So that sucks. (laughs) Biggest spiraling moment. What does that mean? What were a moment about this podcast? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> spiraling we were forgetting po- spiraling the podcast, not spiraling. spiraling. Podcast. Yeah, like best, biggest spiraling moment. I think, A, like obviously just the fact that P- this podcast has made people feel less alone and that they've communicated that to us in some way. But there have also been a handful of moments where I've been on tour where people have been visibly uncomfortable to be at that book event, but have come to tell me that spiraling has had an impact on their life and it's been really important to them. And that like coming to this event by themselves to talk to me was like a hugely difficult situation for them, like for their own anxiety and they push past it to come. And I think that's huge. Oh, I love that. I I have so many and 
I meant to tell you this, and I, I will just tell you now, and everyone listening, and maybe this person, but my mom works in HR for mm -hmm. this big company, and she had, like, hired a new person or was talking to this new person who's, like, around our age and must have mentioned what her daughter did and, like, must have mentioned my podcast and spiraling, and I got this message on Instagram. Did I send you a screenshot of this? I meant no. to if I didn't. It was from this lovely person, hi, and she was like, I work with your mom. She's so lovely. And she told me about your podcast and I've been listening and it was useful to her. And oh so God. that was a really sweet. So my mom um, is our marketing PR lady. Yeah. Love it. O officer. It's amazing. Um, we've been going for a while. Should we do highs yeah. or what do you think? I feel like this whole episode was a high for I me. I think so too. Yeah, same. I really enjoyed this. I think we should I start really, every season like know, it too. Like, I don't know if you guys <laughs> had as much fun with this as we did, but like it is very entertaining for me to like learn these things yeah. about you. And also I love thinking about weird shit about myself. So me thank too. you for this experience. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We will not also date ourselves. We already dated ourselves with the spirals at the beginning, but we're going to skip the highs. Shall we disclaim? Oh, yeah, let's disclaim. Are we <laughs> mental health professionals? Or we sure are not. <laughs> we are just two friends talking about our anxiety. We strongly urge you to seek professional help if you need it. We love therapy so much. <laughs> so much. And remember, if you are spiraling, you are not alone. You are not weird or damaged or crazy. And you do not owe anyone an, an explanation, explanation for, for your, your mental, mental health. health. And we love you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.